good evening. It's good to see you all again. Tonight we might uh, talk about uh, seeking the kingdom of God, also the message in the prayer. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Now, uh, interesting, of course, the, this uh, this world, you find that uh, there is no such thing anymore as truth. You ever noticed that? These days, uh, truth, I, I can't say it very well, I mean truth, as being true. Okay. It's uh, sort of become a sort of, an, uh, a sort of a question on uh, how you look at things. Have you ever noticed that? It sort of becomes like your argument is as good as my argument, no matter how ridiculous my argument is. Right? You have to sort of weigh them in the same way. That's uh, sort of give them the same weight. That's what people sort of think these days. But um, we, talk, we talk about, of course, our new life in the Lord. If you are here to visit tonight, welcome, of course, special welcome. And uh, we uh, have a, a little uh, picture, a poster in Holland, and that's a man with a jigsaw puzzle bit missing here. Right, so the big, we call him the jigsaw puzzle man. And uh, our convention in Rotterdam in end of May is going to be on that theme. And the theme is, you have a bit missing, we have found it. Come and get it. All right? And everyone here, I guess, tonight, uh, if you've already been spirit-filled and baptized, of course, you have uh, found uh, a new life. And it's very different from the old life. And all the people said. Very, very different indeed. Um, I, I myself received the Holy Spirit in 1977, here in Adelaide. I was living here, we migrated to Australia, Nettie and I, my lovely wife and two children. Migrated here in 1974. Worked extremely hard. Nettie got very sick. And uh, we weren't getting very far. It's a bit like uh, this story about these uh, people in the, in the uh, prison in Brazil. We've ever heard a story about the prison in Brazil where they shovel coal all day. Nobody heard it yet? I'll tell you what they do over there. They have people who are actually uh, sentenced to hard labor. And they have uh, a big uh, place, sort of like, like, a, like a big square. And they've got a white wall on one side. And on the other side there's a heap of coal, you know, the black stuff. So they carry that to the other wall, against the white wall, one day. The next day, they have to clean that wall and make it white, and then carry it back again to the other wall again, and then they have to clean that wall and make it white again and carry it back to that wall again. And they do that every day, day in, day out. Now, if your life was like that, you know, you might sort of relate to this sort of thing just carrying coal from one wall to the other wall and just cleaning the wall and doing it again and again and again and again. That's life. Right? So when we come to the Lord, as we call it, we got baptized the Spirit of the course. Uh, you, if you be the visitor today, no doubt uh, somebody showed you the scriptures already from uh, John chapter 3 and uh, Acts chapter 2 and John chapter 4 and Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19 and all the well-known scriptures, so I won't show you them. You can ask them again to show you if you're a visitor here today. Right? But after that, what happens then? Then the Bible says in Matthew 6, let's go there. Matthew 6, verse 25. Because then something amazing happens in your life. You find that there is uh, things happening which weren't happening before. And things are happening there which just couldn't happen before. Right? And in Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. So here is an exhortation, if you like, 
But the Bible tells us, don't worry anymore. That must be very nice for Australians. No worries, mate. All right? That'd be very nice. All right? And it talks about, behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet the heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a stature? And why take a thought for raiment? Consider lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so close the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not more, much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore, again, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Right, so very simple. In the previous verses is what we call a Gentile business. Okay? For your heavenly Father know that you have need of all these things. Now, of course, for God to be a father, you have to be born of God. Right? Now, you are born of your mommy and your daddy. I'm sure you are. Unless there's somebody different than that, but I'm sure you're all like that. Right? And then, uh, then you are a child of your parents. Hey, simple. Now, to be a child of God, you've got to be born of God. John chapter 1. Very simple. You do that through baptism and receiving the Holy Spirit, of course. Now, in verse 34, Therefore take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the sake of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, interestingly enough, what we are asked here in verse 33, to seek God's righteousness. What's that? Because that is what we need to seek and keep on seeking and keep on looking for and keeping learning about. That's what we need to actually get these things added unto us. No more, no less. Seeking this magic thing, righteousness, by the way, interesting word. You probably all know that uh, the O-U-S extension on the end of a word means more. Bumptious, more bump. Right? Courageous, more courage. Right? So, righteousness, simply put, more right. Right? And in one instance the word means knowing right. In other instance it means putting right. In other instance it means doing right. Right? So that's what we're told to do. Now we have, been received, have received the Holy Spirit, we're baptized, we're now in the Lord, and the Bible says, now the rest of your life, do these three things. Doing right, putting right, knowing right. And learning about what's right. Right? Sometimes we've been being told, you know, that uh, it says, that's sort of like a status, righteousness. Now, righteousness is not a status. Righteousness is an ability. Which you have to seek, develop, and use. Doing right, putting right, and knowing right. And then, the Bible says, then all the other things are going to be added down to you. Wow. That's simple. Fantastic, isn't it? Right? The word in the Greek, any, any Greek people here? No? Good. Oh, you're looking at me. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can say. No, don't laugh too hard. Di kalosuni. Right. <laughs> Another one is di, di kalos. And <laughs> di kalosonai. Now, we, all of us know that, didn't you? 
how you know, okay? That's what movement means. So, in reality, what we do, being human beings, we pray. We just had uh, a list of prayer requests here. What do we pray for? We don't pray for Dika Hayo Sonai. We pray for a car. We pray for a house. We pray for our exams if you go to school. Uh, we pray for uh, healings. We pray for all sorts of things. The Bible says, no, nah, you pray for righteousness. And all the other things are going to be okay, automatically. As an automatic result of it. Right? Interesting, isn't it? So here it is. If you read in the Bible, you know, you don't find a lot of evidence that the early Christians prayed for a, a better camel. Maybe a stretch camel. With six legs. They didn't do that, did they? You don't find any of that. You don't find any early Christians praying for a number of these things, you know, which we pray for. So maybe we've got to back the front sometimes too. Right? Let's go to some of the scriptures that the early Christians prayed for. Okay? So we go to Acts chapter 4. No, Acts chapter 1 first. No drinks here, anywhere? That's a plot to stop me talking too long, is it? Well, I walk all the way that way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, in Acts chapter 1, you see what you see there. You see there a prayer to how to replace Judas. Yeah, thank you very much, brother. I didn't pray for that, by the way. You see, that's automatically happening. Right? In Acts 1, verse 24. Now, that's enough. Thank you. You find that uh, people prayed for the replacement of Judas. Right? So, again, what you're going to see. Most of the prayers actually in, in the book of Acts and the, and the disciples, the early Christians, how they prayed for, was mostly about things to do with other people, things to do with how can I be more effective, how can I be encouraged, how can I actually go out and get more people into the kingdom. Most of the prayers are about that. Right? And we read in Acts chapter 4, for example. This is in, uh, they prayed in verse 23. Let them go. They were sort of taken out of prison. They went to their own company, reported all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. When they heard it, they were filled, lifted up their voice to God with one accord in verse 24. And said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth, and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of service David had said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine, imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for the truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, where the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, there we go, behold thy threatenings, their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. So the prayer was, okay, God, give us this boldness. Give us this desire. Go and tell people about this great thing we have found. This solution. Right, that's what we have found. By stretching forward on hand to heal, and the signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child Jesus. So again, the healings itself of all the miracles are not really the thing what it's all about. They are just a benefit. 
or what it's all about. And all the people said, that's a benefit, you see, by stressing forward on hand. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and were all filled or motivated or moved by the Holy Ghost. And spake the word of God with boldness. It's interesting, you know, when I first came to the Lord, I had never been as bold as that, even not even since. I remember when I was only just in the Lord a little while, I had a business in Port Adelaide, down the Port Adelaide way, and uh, I was witnessing to a chap uh, over a period of time, and this man actually uh, made canoes, and I supplied the materials for it, and he comes into my workshop, I, he wanted to come to a meeting on a Sunday, on the Saturday he comes to the workshop, he said, I can't go tomorrow, I've got my back, my back is warm, my back is killing me. He said, never mind, we pray for that, and God can heal you, and then you come to the meeting anyway. Right? And he said, how does that work? So I just in the workshop, put a hand on him, so I'm going to pray in tongues, don't, don't be scared, I'm going to pray in tongues, and I prayed for him, and he stood there for a while, and he said, I'm all stunned, looking at me. Right? And then in the end he said, hmm, hmm, I think it's gone. He said, of course it's gone. Right? But sometimes when we get to the Lord a bit longer, we might maybe not as bold as that anymore. Because you might have had one or two things we didn't quite work like that. And then you start falling back a bit, don't we? We're all just like human beings, aren't we? Right? So that's how it works. You know, that these people there, they prayed, the place was shaking. Right? And really what they were praying for, Lord, in verse 29 and 30, help us with this. Help us, give us what we can do so others might have medical signs and wonders. It's not about us, it's not about you, it's about others. Jesus Christ, in the was on this world, he demonstrated that. It wasn't even about him as far as he was concerned, it was about you and me. Fantastic, isn't it? Acts chapter 6. Verse 6. People there are praying for guidance again. They're praying. People are going to be sent out. They had the hands laid on them. Verse 6. And they set them before the apostles. And then they prayed. They laid their hands on them. And they were praying for guidance for the people that had just chosen to be helpers. Pray for your pastors. Never mind your stretch camel. Pray for your leaders. It's not always that easy. Acts chapter 8. Of course, we know the story in Acts chapter 8. That's quite an interesting story where Philip uh, goes into Samaria. And uh, I really like this story because there is many churches these days who actually have this sort of scene in Acts chapter 8 when uh, people go to Samaria. And this is the Samaria in this case, you know, and they... uh, there was a great number of things happening there. Right? There was miracles happening and whatever it was. And we see that, for example, in, uh, have a look, see, in verse, um, verse 9. A certain man called Simon, Simon the sorcerer, he's called. And before times in the same city, he used sorcery, which the people of Samaria giving out that himself was some great one. You know what? That's still happening today. There's a lot of churches out there where this is actually happening. There's a big uh, church in, uh, in Amsterdam and uh, a couple of people from there came to our meetings in Almere, which is close to Amsterdam. And uh, uh, some of our people went to do follow-up. And they were doing do this follow-up and they said, uh, the people actually went to follow-up, they said to them, say, well, how much do you get paid for this? And they said, nothing. Nothing. Where I come from, people get 400 euros for the follow-up. 
Well, that must be doing something wrong here. And I just, uh, the week before, I had a, a collection for a pastor for his Mercedes. <gasps> pastor Brian, you like a Mercedes? We'll have the head going around later on, see how far we get. <laughs> right, that's, that's all the things happen, you know. And, and people have this, this idea that they can set themselves up and that sometimes works as well. And they're some great person. Right? And they misuse, really, the power of God, if there is any available in the first place. Right? Still happening there. So there is this stuff and going on. And then the disciples in Jerusalem hear all this stuff and they say, well, that's great stuff. Everybody's excited about it. But they haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. Whoa, problem. And again, there's many churches like that. But there's lots of excitement. Lots of dancing. Lots of jumping up and down and falling on the ground and climbing on the curtains and whatever they do. But they don't receive the Holy Spirit. Not very many of them. And if they do, it's more like an accident than a design. It's amazing. It's really, yeah, really very sad, you know. So what we've got, brothers and sisters, the vision which has developed over a great number of years in the Revival Fellowship is very, very, very valuable. What we've got is quite unique, right? And uh, I'm not saying that to sort of tap ourselves on the shoulder, but that's what God has given, right? Treasure it. So there we go. And in verse, uh, let me look, see, verse, uh, verse 15, they came down, the disciples came down and they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And of course they did. Now it doesn't particularly say that they spoke in tongues there, but if you look at the other scriptures, it must be pretty obvious that they spoke in tongues because they could see it, they knew all of a sudden. Alright? So, Acts chapter 9. A lady who's died. Verse 40. Peter put them all forward in verse 40. And they kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body, said, Abita, arise. And she opened her eyes, and she saw Peter, she sat up. Interesting, isn't it? She saw Peter, and she sat up straight away. So, fantastic. And it's all the prayers you see there, is mainly about others. Not about ourselves. It's about others. Fantastic, isn't it? Peter praying in Acts chapter 10, verse 2. A devout man. But Cornelius, of course, he feared God at all his house and gave much arms to the people and prayed to God always. What did he pray for? If you read the rest of the chapter, you'll find it's very obvious what he prayed for. He said, God, what must I do? Right? And there's not many people in this world these days who actually want to admit that. What must I do? Right? That's for me hard as well. I remember Nettie, my wife, she was a bit uh, easier that way. She received the Holy Spirit all night before me, right? And I just watched, and I saw her. She was a different lady. I still love her, by the way, the same as I lived before, mind you. I still love her today. We just got our 50th wedding anniversary last year. It was good, eh? Hello, Nettie. Right? Still working, right? But I saw her getting healed, and it was very valuable for me. Never mind me so much, I saw it on her. And then I lost it myself as well, right? So he said, of course, Peter gets sent there, by God, by an angel, and he goes there, and Cornelius says, look, we're waiting for you. Tell us. It's great. I remember being in Africa, you know, a while ago now in the meantime, and you go there, you walk with your Bible under your arm in Africa, you know, in the cities there. If you have a Bible under your arm, you can open any little home there, and they invite you in, please come and sit down. They invite all the neighbors around as well, and you can talk. It's a bit different than here, isn't it? 
very different, right? A bit like Cornelius. I sort of, well, I actually had it in, in Abidjan and Ivory Coast. I sort of said, well, this looks a bit like it was with Cornelius because Cornelius said, look, we're all here. Come and tell us. Fantastic. And brother and sister, we got a lot to say. Not our words, God's words. Great stuff, isn't it? Right? And then in Acts chapter 13, again, same sort of thing in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now, there were the church in Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, that is called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manias, Manian, which had brought up, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord, and fasted the Holy Ghost, said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereto I have called them. And they had fasted and prayed, right hands on them, and they sent them away. Again, the prayer there is to bless these people, sending Paul and Barnabas out, praying for them. Again, there is no real evidence that they prayed for uh, whatever, the cat or the dog or sort of stuff, you know. These things are just an automatic thing if you do things right. If you do right things, you get right results. Simple, isn't it? Acts chapter 14, <coughs> verse 21. Again, about preaching the gospel somewhere. And of course, the book of Acts is really, should, should be anyway, uh, something which we've got in our midst as well today. Hasn't changed, you see. And they had preached the gospel in that city and had taught that many, they returned unto, again to Lystra and to Iconium, Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must through much tribulation enter in the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in the church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So again, mainly praying for the good of God's kingdom. You find also the Bible, that is really prevalent. Praying for the good of God's kingdom. Praying for the increase of God's kingdom. That is what we just used as an interesting uh, word, dikaiosonai. Right? That's what we do. God's righteousness, doing right, putting right, making right. That's what it's all about. Acts chapter 16. There is, of course, the story of uh, Paul uh, being grieved. Somebody is uh, running after him all the time and uh, sort of talking about him behind his back, literally. <laughs> right? And uh, this in verse 18. And this did see many days. And Paul, being grieved, turned and said of the Spirit, I command thee in the name of the Lord of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. When the master saw that the hope of pain was gone, they called Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being used, exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs, which is not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate rent off their clothes and commanded them to beat them. This is interesting, by the way. If you see, they, they were Jews, and now they call them Romans. It's depending what sort of suits them at the time. Alright? You might have been called different names at different times as well, in different situations. Alright? There it is. Commanded them to beat them. And when they had many stripes on them, they cast them into prison in verse 23, charging the late jailer to keep them safely. Whoever received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. 
and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Now there's no real record anywhere that they were sort of praying, please God get us out of here. It's not, it's not there, is it? They were just rejoicing. They were just praying. They were just raising God, praising God, and the prisoners heard him. Now I'm pretty sure if the prisoners had heard him call, hey God get us out of here, they would not have been so impressed as when they heard him singing praises to God. That's very impressive to sit there as a prisoner and sort of have these guys there singing choruses. Sitting in stocks, whatever that means, it doesn't look very comfortable. Right? And again, you see, they, they, these people knew, hang on a sec, God is my father, and I do the right thing, and I keep doing the right thing, and I putting right and all the other stuff, then it's going to be okay. Brothers and sisters, if you've got a problem today, you do the right thing, it's going to be okay. That's a promise. Not my promise, that's God's promise. Fantastic stuff, isn't it? Acts chapter 20. Paul again talking about the number of things that happened to him. He's going on about the things happened. And he said in verse 24, But none of these things move me, neither count of my life dear unto myself. Fantastic, isn't it? So they might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That is your life. That is my life. And we all know the scriptures about the old life and the new life. The Bible says, if you want to keep your old life, you're going to lose it. If you've got your new life, you have it. Fantastic, right? Now, you can't have both. It's a choice. And if you don't make your new life work, you're going to lose it. That's guaranteed. How many people do we know who are not here anymore, but perhaps, perhaps here last year? You know what happened? They lost their way. They stopped being a doer and became a judge. And they sometimes sit in the meeting club with a scorecard. And they listen to the priest and say, I like that one, I'll give you 10 for that, 10 points for that. And then they say something they don't like, I'll give you only a zero for that. That's what happens sometimes. If you stop being a doer, that's what's going to happen. How many times do we hear it sometimes? You know, people saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I've done it for 20 years. That's enough. You know what? I've been in the Lord now for nearly 40 years this coming year, and I intend to go on for another 40 years. If I've got enough life left. But I want to die with my boots on. And you too, and all the people said. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. The only way to go, right? And now behold, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. I'm not talking about myself here, by the way. I'll come back again. We have to take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now, all the counsel of God, brothers and sisters, is also the broccoli. Who likes broccoli? Who likes Brussels sprouts? Who does not like Brussels sprouts? Right. <laughs> well, you, you can sort of take your pick, but, you know... <laughs> The, all the counsel of God is including the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts. It goes together. Right? Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. And I don't believe that's only talking about the leaders 
Let's talk about everybody. Everybody can feed the church. For I know this, after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. You know what? He was absolutely right. Because if you see what happens after the gospel age, right, the, the, the time of the disciples, you know, there was all sorts of philosophies contaminated the real gospel. And it's still there today. I have got, at home I've got this little book, a little booklet, and it's uh, called uh, Children's Prayers to God. Right? And there is one of them in there, which is quite funny, where uh, I think her name is Mary. Dear God, thank you for my little brother, but what I really prayed for was a puppy. That was one of them. That was another one. Um, God, dear God, um, all these different religious religions, don't you get mixed up sometime? I go, well, I guess you could get mixed up, God, you know, with all the different stuff around the place, right? And that's what's happened, right? And also, of your own selves, a man arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them, has happened too, will keep on happening till the Lord returns. Therefore, watch and pray and remember. <clears throat> remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one of you, day and night, with tears. And now, brethren, I command you unto God, command you unto God, and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. You shall know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, also that you be laboring you ought to support the weak, to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Of course, fantastic stuff there. When he spoke and kneeled down and prayed to them all. <clears throat> right? And you find again in Acts 21, verse 5, Paul is entire, and he also prays. Right? And in Acts chapter 28, it's still there, you know, he's still doing all sorts of stuff, right? Now, the conclusion today, time has gone by, right? We work for the kingdom, brothers and sisters. It's the only way to go. We pray for things which are good for the kingdom. Pray for good, Mr. Sinkanopoulos. We do right, we put right what is wrong. We make right judgments. That's right, that's wrong. And you know how it is. I'm pretty sure sometimes you come across things and you sort of say, hmm. And you know it's wrong. The Holy Spirit does that to you. It's inside of you. Don't gainsay it. Don't try to have a second opinion somewhere else. Just listen to that. You know what's right, you know what's wrong. You're right? And that's the way to go up and up and up and up. That's when we have God looking after us as an automatic process. No real stuff needed to actually get actually more stuff. You know, it would be an automatic thing. God knows when you have an exam. He knows where you need a job. He knows where you need the healing. He knows all these things. You just read it. Right? So all we need to do to get all this stuff automatically in our life is to seek his righteousness or dika ayo sonai. Do right, put right, and be right. And all the people say, I live here.